I know, don't go after forces. He leads us from the inside out. You know, I thought you said to go back to the brain and the mind. Remember, there's a difference. The brain and the mind aren't the same thing. Uh, he will. Have you, I'm still practicing on how to do this. It's stepping outside myself. And I think because we're spirit, soul, and body, that we're like the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We can do that. We can step outside and know what we're thinking. And, and, and hear how that thought steps. And how, what that, does that make sense? Yeah. That is so cool for yeah. me. The advantages that we have there, and how the uh, Holy Spirit will be given to us, show us things. But we got fellowship there, and one way we do that, church, honestly, and don't forget to do it because He wants us to fellowship with Him, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, saying in the Spirit. He said you can do this. He said pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, and then pray with the understanding. Kenneth Hagin used to say this. They say a lot of times you can interpret your own prayer in the spirit. After you after you get done praying in the spirit, start praying in the natural, and what you will pray in the spirit just comes out. We really have all the answers in here. All we have to do is develop and learn and let that flow out of us. Amen. Amen. We got so much to be thankful for. The gift, that gift, there's not a gift, and it it's a given. Uh, you, don't, you didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to beg for it. You didn't have to plead for it. It was a given. When Jesus Christ came into your heart, the Holy Spirit came into your heart. And there he is. It's as simple as that. We need to take advantage of it. We don't. And that's But the Lord will lead us. Now I want us to go back again. Just a little bit of recapping. John 16 and 7. I got to know other pages of our spoken. He said this, he was telling his, his disciples before he left. He said, However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it's profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter. Thank God for the comforter. Your counselor, your helper. See, see again, I can't believe this, guys. We're not out there all alone. We're not out there. We don't have to feel lonely. How many ever had a problem with loneliness? I have too. I have too. You can be in a crowd full of people and still feel that lonely feeling overwhelm you. And you know what things can make a difference when, when that happens, instead of allowing it just to overtake you? Hold it. I have a counselor. I have an advocate. I have a helper. I do not have to stay here in this lonely, dried out feeling. We need to snap it out of it, right? Brenda, lucky, snapping it out. I mean, snap out of it. <laughs> and he's also our strength in the spot. Jesus was telling us this out with He's going to be your strengthener, guys. He's going to be your standby, thank God. But he's not going to come into you into close fellowship with you, though, Jesus told him. 
But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Jesus said that to the disciples, and that's for us today. I'm leaving. I can only be in one place, but guess what? If I do go away, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send as a gift to you, and he's going to be everywhere all over the nations at the same time. Hallelujah. All of us. Not more Gary Lucky and not uh, TJ. We all get it. How much do you want it? Fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship with you. That's all it takes. Then John 16, he says, he says, 13 to 15, he says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. What we won't hear. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. I love that. <laughs> Have you ever just heard, God, what's next? Yeah. I know, right? Or, uh, I know there's something missing. I know something is, but what is it? What is it? You know what? We don't really know. We don't. Say, okay, I could choose to believe this. You said you'd show me all things to come. He said, no, you cry out to him. Now I said, believe this. And he said, to cry out to him. And I think Jeremiah 33, was it? He said, call unto me. He really meant call out to me. Call unto me. I'm going to show you things that come that you don't know. But you need to know it. I had to get there one day, and he said, it's right there for you. That's kingdom living. Kingdom here on earth. It really is. It's right there. You didn't have to walk around with God. You could know. He shall glorify me. And that's another thing. I'm not going to keep stopping on any other people. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The inward witness. That's how we're going to be led. It's by that inward witness. Not by words, not by other things necessary. There are other things, like I said earlier, dreams, visions, young men, visions. Robert, you're a young man. Dreams, Gary Lucky, you're an older. Yeah. I always tell my kids, Mom, you're getting older, not old. <laughs> older. And he does give Gary dreams, for sure. So Romans 8, 14 says, For as many are, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I wish I could remember what the TBT said, because it brought out so clear to me. I don't have the TBT. I can't even really say those words like that. TBT. TBT. Romans 8, 14. Are you going to get it?
you got to be careful about that because sometimes the enemy can give you a certain kind of feeling. It seems really yeah. good. It looks really good. It smells really good, whatever. But that's not, you've got to be led by that inner witness. And that's why I was saying so many times, I really want to, uh, and I believe till we get done with this book at the higher level, it may take us a year, I don't know. We're all going to know. This is going to be a, 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 a body and this ministry that we're all going to know. That is S and R. We're going to know. <laughs> we're not going to call it, be called off guard. So, God leads by spirit, not circumstances and feelings. And when you get a chance, I want you to not, because it might be too long, but, oh, if you don't have this book, page 111, develop, she teaches how to develop your spirit. Page, it's 111, and this is her book here. Oh, yeah. You have to read that in the book. But the spirit leads us, he does not drive us. Remember we said that last week? There's a leading in the spirit of the Lord. So he don't drive us. Um, if something is driving you to do something, how many ever felt driven? Yeah. We all have. Yeah. I'm in a restraint when I go home and go to bed. I felt driven all day. I'm like, get me out of this world with it. But he does not drive us. If something is driving you to do something and it's not the Spirit of God, he leads. He don't try. The devil will try to drive people to it, and there's these few things here. He will try to drive. If you're feeling fear, that's not the Lord. That's the devil driving you. You're not being led. You're being driven. If you feel any kind of worry, that again, that's the, that's the enemy that's driving you. He's not, you're not being led there. You feel doubt, again, that's that driven feeling. If it's jealousy, especially, let's watch jealousy. Jealousy is fear. In fact, the Bible says it's foolish to pray, and only God can handle jealousy. None of us can handle that. We can't. Only God. He said that in the Word. So especially whenever, if that ever comes to any of us, the devil will tempt you there. He'll drive you there. Immediately get, get it under subjection. Get it under his foot immediately. Don't put up there for a minute, for a second. Do not do it. Amen? Only God can handle that. It's ruined the whole congregation this morning. We don't need that here. And greed. He will drive us with greed. Uh, Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He bears witness with our spirit, not our mind. And, and in practicing this, being led, guys, you'll, you'll eventually get to the place where You'll know immediately, you won't have to worry, is this my mind or is this my spirit? My thinking's here. You'll know. It's going to be like second nature. You're going to know, that's the spirit of God. That's not my mind, that's my spirit. That's the spirit of my spirit. When you need to know how he is leading you, look to your spirit, not your mind. The inner witness trumps every other leading. That's on page 23 if you'd like to know about that. Uh, I will move on. Uh, so the inner witness will always let peace make the call. I've, I've had uh, my son a lot of times, I'll say, well, when are you going to come? I'll talk about this, and he said, don't know yet. I've got to wait to see if I have some peace about that. And I'm like, 
you know, but the sea starts then. There's that terrible, uh, I love what we learned at the ladies' meeting, though, about we have the authority to speak peace to chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love you that. just walk into a room of chaos. Yeah. When you walked in, peace walked in with you. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to recognize it and remember it. That's right. Isaiah says, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. Whenever the world, especially right now, the world is such a shaky condition that it's in and different things that's happening all around us. I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen anything like this. I mean, if it isn't this, it's this or whatever. I've said that's coming against all areas. But the Spirit of God brings us to peace. We don't have to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't tolerate that. Colossians 2.15, I love this one. says, And let the peace so harmony which comes from Christ rule, act as umpire continually, not sometimes, but continually, in your hearts deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in the mind. You know what other book do we read? It's all right here. And it's alive. It's not dead. It speaks life to us. Isn't that something? I love to read books. But there's something about the Word of God that speaks life to me. And you know what I've noticed with people? When they renew their mind, really and truly renew their mind, they get young again. They, they really do. I'm going to read a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we had a lady in our church in St. Louis, and, and at that time, not no more, I believe we married the oldest ones here, but at that time, Gary and I were the youngest, or pretty much the youngest, and she, she was an old lady, and oh my goodness, she got so turned on to the Word of God, she was in the Bible all the time, she wouldn't let anybody sit next to her, because she said, nope, that's where Stan's going to sit, when he gets saved, we knew not to sit there, because that's Stan's seat, that's all she ever said, what? Because he was a big walker, you know, after we get toward the end. But anyway, we're like, we know, we know. But, but I kept noticing that her eyes got more brighter. I'm, I'm serious. And one day I went to her and said, I said, you just look younger. She said, I know. And, but it was her mind was being renewed. Yeah. So if you don't want to do it for any other reason, keep reading that word of God. You don't look younger. That is a change. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So I guess you guys can look at me sometimes and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, John 10 27 says, The sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. So his sheep knows his voice. You don't have to wonder. And he knows if you're his sheep, you're going to be following. Hebrews 4 1 says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Let me say this in Hebrews 4 12. This is really a whole way of scripture. It is a woman's light bulb. It's, a, it's talking about a word that God speaks to your spirit. That's the word that it's from God's heart to your heart. Whenever he says that, that's going to happen. 
That's your brain at work. He says, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active. Not just any word, but the word God said to you in the moment. You see what I'm saying? That took me a while to understand that scripture, but, but uh, I did understand it. I shared this and I went home and did a whole thing. But when the Lord spoke to my husband, drove from there, I was in such pain for so long. Physical pain, I said, God, what are you doing to me? Uh, and I believe all that, but what I did with all this pain, I, I'm racked with pain, I'm rebuilt. The Lord said, go ahead over there and break it down. And I don't recommend you do it, but I did, but I did open it up. And when I did open up Proverbs 18, 4, he said, your strong spirit will sustain you during bodily pain and trouble. That was my frame of work. That was my words from yeah. God to my heart. Hallelujah. And I gotta tell you, even though the pain was still there, I didn't care. For some reason, my spirit took over and I carried on with my life. Pain and all, I carried on. I just kept going, I kept walking. It's not gonna hurt, it's not gonna take me down. And one day, I don't even know what it was, it was God. Hallelujah. That's what the word of God does, God's reign of word. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. Can you imagine that, that kind of sword that can just slice right through the soul? And the <coughs> exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. You can't hide that. So he separates the, the is this my mind or is this my the Lord speaking? He'll sift right through that for you. So let peace make the call. In everything we endeavor, everything we go about doing, let peace make the call. If there's a little turmoil there, step back a little bit. Say, if, if people's trying to rush you, say, no, 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 it's going to be done. I'm going to wait for this piece of this. Yeah. No, really. If somebody can push you right out there in front of a moving, something you don't need to be in front of, you feel peace of God. Amen? Let peace make the call. Peace is the clarity. It's the clarity every time. Listen to your conscience. Remember what I said last week? I, I think, so. let me, do you mind if I just take a moment to read this? Because it is very important. Page 30 of the, in this. First um, Timothy 1.19 says this. Holding fast to faith and having a good, clear conscience by rejecting and thrusting from them, their conscience. Some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. You know what that is? The Holy Spirit's like I said about what about my Lord? Dang, I had to finally quit. Uh, Holy Spirit still can't do that. Stop. Straighten up. We don't. We just keep on doing. We keep on going. He said, if you keep on doing, you can make shipwreck of your faith. It's not worth it. Just not worth it. But remember, first John 1 9, ask God to forgive you. God, I blow it again. I had this other thought or whatever. 
He's a visionary. Past, present, and future says, how amazing is that? Amazing grace. Woo! Yeah. So there. But so so we gotta pay attention to the to our conscience, which is the spirit. And away they go. That's all right. I'll bring them in. Uh, okay, let me read just a little bit more and then I'll we'll pray. What time is it, guys? 540. 540? 540? Okay. Okay. Another thing to remember, as you read the book, you'll you'll see this. Don't mingle the mental the mental with the supernatural. You can't mingle, get that all, all messed up there. Uh, when someone becomes confused when faced with a decision, it's usually because they mix the mental in with the spiritual. I thought that was interesting. They mix their own human reasoning and thinking in with what their spirit is thinking them to do. So we gotta be careful to keep that separated and don't mix it. Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us, for the word of God, and I just read that for you, don't read it. And then on uh, page 59 in your book, oh, I like this one. When you get to here, you'll love this one. Red lights versus green lights. How many read that already? You're already ahead of me, guys. Um, she said, I have found that God will more often check me in what not to do than tell me what to do. God leads more often by red lights than green lights. That is true. We pretty much go on, and the Holy Spirit is leading us, and that's okay, whatever. But all of a sudden, if you feel this stop, we've got to pay attention to that. Um, now listen to this, make a movement though, make movement. Psalms 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Notice what God is able to order. He orders our steps. If a man is taking steps, you can't just sit there, you gotta make movement. That means he's making movement in a particular direction. Um, and then on page 63, we'll do the book of Prophets then. Follow integrity. You know what else you can follow? Integrity. Do the right thing. Proverbs 11, 3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them. Holy Spirit, that is. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. <laughs> If you don't seem to have a particular leading of the Spirit in a matter, ask yourself, what would integrity do? Then follow that. When you follow integrity, that's what God would have you to do. It is good. It saves your life. It really does. And then, I just picked out a few here just to bring to your attention. Uh, you have an unction. My son says, you have an unction that's unction. You know, you just feel that. Have you ever felt that quickening of the Holy Ghost? He said, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And he will quicken me. He'll quicken these mortal bodies. 
Jesus, and even now in your as if to minister strength and healing to your spirit, your mind, your body, spirit. Direct their paths, Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus, we praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. Push 
the Holy Ghost saving you. But be quick to obey. Don't let anything talk you out of faith, but you're filled with your spirit to do it. Amen. I really felt like sharing that with you. Be quick to obey. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody have anything else to say? Has anybody ever heard of ministry? Amazing. We've got a lot of good things coming up, though. The spring and summer. It's getting gooder and gooder. to obey everyone. Amen. Okay. We got orders from headquarters and we know what we got to do. The Lord said do it, so I'm going to do it.
into conflict. Invited into conflict. We have an invitation to come into conflict. I'll, I'll break this down and talk a little, little bit more about it. And revelation always brings conflict. Now we can shout and jiggle and run about revelation. Our eyes will open. We'll say, wow, amen. Shandai, Rundai, Dekakana, whatever. You know. And, uh, but revelation invites conflict. And we need to understand that, but I, I want to talk, let's read these scriptures in, in beginning with verse number 32. But be ever mindful of the days gone by in which after you were first spiritually enlightened, Let's put it this way. We were first, you first had revelation. That's what enlightenment is. Revelation. Something that's been hidden, but now it's uncovered. You were enlightened. You endured a great and painful struggle. Go to the next verse. Sometimes being yourselves a gazing stop. Now, when, when I read this, I don't think that anybody, in, now I shouldn't say anybody, that just paints it with a broad brush. Very few people have suffered being a gazing stock. A gazing stock is somebody that gazes at you in wonderment and shakes their head. <laughs> they gaze at you. Back in the in, in, in yeah. this writing, they really thought that people that came to Jesus and was born again and came out of the old law into the new covenant were crazy. Were crazy. Now we don't suffer that persecution much in, in this day and age because everybody's a Christian. Just if you're an American, you're a Christian. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way it seems, you know. Uh, I, I ask, if I ask people, are you a believer? They say, oh yeah, I'm a believer. I said, in what? In what? Well, yeah, I go to church. That's not what I ask. And so they, they say, sometimes yourself, but now we do face, when we come out of darkness and into, into light, it's okay to do that if you stay religious. Church world will not bother you. Your friends and relatives will not bother you as long as you keep quiet. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I got born again, I really got born again. I didn't get a certificate to hang on the wall. I got a writing on my heart by the blood of Jesus Christ that changed my life forever. And I became so radical that people wondered what is wrong with him. How many of you remember Woodstock? Oh, I, 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 I was going to see how old people are. You got, I, I know you've heard about Woodstock. Well, that is, right after, before I got born again, there was this group that was trying to make Woodstock number two, and they had big rock bands and 
got saved. Mm. I had a pocket full of pamphlets and my Bible in my hip pocket. I said, I'm going. Because what Jesus did for me, he can do for them as well. So I, you had to pay it to get in. And so I, they, they had it, all the people there. It was raining, muddy. And, and the first person, I, I went in, and the, the first person I caught, Cody, the guy, he had a bottle and was drinking. And uh, so I, I was telling him about Jesus, how you change your life. He said, I made you a deal. He said, you try some of this, and I'll try some of yours. I hope the sound will go out right now, people. You're wondering, what did he do? What did he do? <laughs> I told him I've already tried that, and it didn't work. Amen. And I said, but what I've got will change your life forever. And so when you begin to become radical about your salvation, it will create conflict. It, it's... The, Jesus said this. Here's what he said. He said, I did not come to bring peace. Right. Now, I know the angels all, uh, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But he said, I came to bring a sword, and it will de literally divide families, is what it says. I don't yeah. go into the details of that, but divide families. That's not the intent of Jesus coming. The intent of Jesus coming was to bring peace on earth. But it was the old covenant that they couldn't let go of to walk in a freedom that felt like I've got to do something in order to be accepted by God. And I've got to work real hard. I've got to do a whole bunch of things. And if I miss it, I'm telling you what, the church I, if you missed it, the church I was going to, you was going to hell. I mean, I got saved, I've been saved about 1,500 times when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I never will forget it. My dad bought a 63 Chevrolet, and boy, it was sharp, and I was dating, and, and I, I, I was just coming into that dating age, and he had a big sign, fluorescent sign, on the back of the windshield that said, in case of rapture, this car will be empty. Now, I'm going to take the girl with that on and be, <laughs> be all that. So I did whatever she needed to do. I went to a car wash and wash and wash and wash. It just came off. You know, wasn't stuck on that well. But radical change in your life will create division and create a conflict. Now, we've got to learn how to handle that conflict. Since he became a gazing stock, probably exposed to insults and abuse and distress and sometimes claiming fellowship and making common cause without uh, with others who were so treated. Just keep rolling. For you did not, you did sympathize and suffer along with those who were in prison. And you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and confiscation of your property in the knowledge and consciousness that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. Next verse. Do not. Say it out loud. Do not. Do not. Therefore, fling away your fearless confidence. Woo! Mm. My Lord. Don't just fling it away. Your fearless confidence. Why? For it carries a great and glorious compensation 
to be compensated. How many of you like to be compensated? Amen. I mean, you go to work and they just say, well, God bless you. No, I want a check in my hand. <laughs> like a little bonus on the top of it as well. I want to be compensated because I have labored for 40 hours or however long you've hours you've labored. But it says you will be compensated for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. You know, people say, I want patience and I want it right now. <laughs> it says, so that you may perform and fully accomplish, watch this, the will of God. The will of God will never be accomplished without endurance and patience. There are many people, too many, that have come right at their season of harvest and compensation and became tired, weary, and decided to just give it up and fling it away. If you knew how close you was mm. to being compensated, it would probably scare you. That you gave up right at the moment because the pressure is being applied to such a degree the enemy wants you to fling away your confidence. That's right. When I got born again and filled the Holy Ghost, I was not afraid of anything, anybody. I weighed up, what did I weigh? About a 140. <laughs> when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I thought it was 10 feet tall, bulletproof. Just bring it on, man. Bring it on. I cast the devil out of you. If the devil don't come out, I cast the devil and you out. <laughs> and we play it here. Boldness. It says you have to steadfast patience and endure so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Now remember this. There it is. Can't be like water. Best water there is. Uh, the first reading in verse 32 was about revelation. After you have once been enlightened, how that persecution arises, mm. trouble arises. We must learn we are invited at that point into a conflict. The minute you receive revelation, you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with this revelation? Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. amen. One more time. Amen. amen. <laughs> You're invited into conflict. We must learn to value, listen real carefully, value what God has said. Yes. Mm. I don't have time to go into it. But in Luke chapter 2, I think it is around verse 19, where the shepherds, uh, they, they were coming to, to see the see Jesus lying in a manger. Mary was there. They were saying glory to God in the highest. And Mary, what, what everybody was saying about Jesus, Mary, it says, Mary pondered those things. What the Amplified Bible, not the classic, but the Amplified Bible says she pondered them and treasured them. See, what you, what you treasure, you want to protect it. Mm. So we don't just fling it around. We protect and revelation. 
that comes to us and then you ponder it. She pondered those things in her heart and pondering is meditating on them, but you embrace revelation when it comes. And when it comes or whether you're the first time you get it or whether it's being planted or whether it's being watered the second time. Now, on down in Luke 2, about the 30-something verse there, you can read it when you get home. There was a man named Simeon that came. God had showed him that the Christ child was there. He wanted to go see the Christ child. And the Holy Ghost came upon him, and he told Mary this. He said, you're going to suffer, and your soul is going to be pierced. And I read that, I thought, this is baby Jesus. You give birth to baby Jesus. Let's all rejoice and shout. I'm the mama you are. And, and, and this, is going to be a, this is going to be a great journey. But when you realize and understand Mary was there when Jesus was pierced. Yeah. Mary was there when he was crucified. Now, I don't know about you. You don't talk about pain. There cannot, you know, it's one thing for a son or a daughter to, to, lose, to lose a life in a family. But to sit or to stand and watch somebody do it. Her soul was pierced through. That means her mind was troubled and weighed down. The next thing we hear about Mary, oh, I like this. She's in the upper room. <laughs> in Acts chapter 1. He said, I will go away, but I'm going to send another comforter. She was there believing that one life she gave up was going to come and empower her, lead her, and guide her one life the one she gave up. Yeah. So we must value what God said. She valued that this is the this is the Son of God. She valued that that aspect of it. The level of this, the level of anxiety we live with, often is because we uh, subject ourselves to the inferior things. Mm. We subject ourselves to the inferior things. The inferior will always raise, watch this, the level of your anxiety. Yeah. Always raise it. What does that mean? The, 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 the fear of or, or listening to the inferior. What, what, what does that mean? Listening to the regrets, the failures, the relationships, the different things. Not enough of this. They did me wrong here. They did me wrong there. That will always always bring you down to a lower place where the inferior authority, which really is no authority, works. The enemy works hard to distract us with his word once God's word has been spoken. Mm. Well, just got a revelation from God, I am the heel of the Lord. <laughs> I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, no disease, no perfect, come nine miles away. Yeah. Uh, got something going on here. You're invited into a conflict. Woo! You're invited into a conflict. Now, what you're going to do in this conflict will determine the outcome. Now, if you're going to listen to the inferior that says, well, I guess it didn't work. I, you know, it just sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. No, the word works 100 out of 100 
It doesn't mean you're not going to be attacked. It doesn't mean it, it can come, but I like what Pastor says. It cannot overcome. Amen. That's what you've got to understand. It can come, but it can't overcome. Why? There you go. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I am an overcomer. Amen. The word of the Lord attracts conflict. We've got to understand that. Just because you're born again and you're spiritual, you quote 15 chapters out of the Bible, does not mean you're not going to have conflict. We got this idea of get saved and all your problems is over. You just entered into a different arena and you got somebody now that hates you and doesn't like you, doesn't like what you're doing, and yes, you're going to have conflict. But the thing about it is, if you endure with patience through the conflict, there's a payday coming. There's a payday on its way. That's it. We've been walking this faith walk, and I haven't perfected it by any sense of the word. Uh, Brenda's been walking for a long time. I started to say how many years out. Anyway, we've been doing this for a long time. And there's been times, well, now listen real carefully. There have been times in my journey, I wondered, God, I have sowed seed. I have helped people. I have done this and I've done that. And I don't see any results of what I've done. Let me just say this to you. The seed is an incorruptible seed. God will get the recompense to you no matter how long it takes if you don't quit and fling away your fearless confidence. I am reaping things today that I sowed years ago that I thought I'd never see. But all of a sudden, wow, where did that come from? God reminds you it's because of what you did back there. It's because it happened back there. That's why you're getting paid now. That you're getting recompense for it. Just two or three people say, don't you quit, don't you quit, don't you quit. There is always a battle over what I'm going to yield to. You have a choice of what you are going to yield to. What I am going or what I am going to give place to. What am I going to give place to when a conflict comes? We'll determine the outcome every time. In Hebrews 11, you don't have to turn there. Moses, who is, uh, the, the Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter in, in Hebrews 11, 30, 23 through 26. And he chose, the Bible says, rather to suffer with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Mm -hmm. We don't like to talk about sin in church anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I better drill that one. <laughs> Let's talk about kingdom stuff. Let's talk about the glory. Let's talk about the glory. Let's talk about sin. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> okay, now I'll move on. I'll let Pastor Roddy deal with that. Anyway. <laughs> And here's why he did it. He says in, in, in verse number 26, for he looked forward and away 
your eye on the recompense. You don't keep your eye on the reward. You will not endure when tribulation comes. But you've got to keep your eye on the prize. Whatever he promised, he will do it. Yeah. Whatever he spoke, whatever he said, he will perform it. It doesn't matter. God's got forever. Amen. Sometimes things you have to understand have to shift. People's minds change or people getting out of the way, whatever it may be. But you have to understand that you have to continue. Look forward. Woo! Never look back. Amen. I, I, I can't prove this, but you can't prove it wrong either. But anyway, you know when they commissioned the disciples to go out and they said, go into the city and town, speak peace, and the peace returns back. They said, leave, they don't accept your gospel. Take, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. I believe shaking the dust off your feet was this. So there couldn't be any trace of your past on your shoes. If I, if I, my wife, bless her heart, Walk in the house, take your shoes off. You know, I'm from the south. Why do I have to take my shoes off? Because you're going to track everything you walk through into the house. Mm. Do you know how many people have coughed? She goes, she goes into all of it. How many people have coughed and you walk through that? Do you know how much oil and grease you walk through? I said, no, I have no idea. Well, you're not going to track that in the house. There are some times in your life you've got to just take the shoes off, click them together, and say, I'm not going, nobody, I'm not going to be able to be traced or tracked over my past. I am looking forward to the recompense of the reward. My reward's not back there, it's out there. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Mark chapter 4, verse 17. I have no idea what translation this is in. I think it may be in one of them. <laughs> verse 17. Mark chapter 4, verse 17. Y'all all right tonight? Amen. Praise God. It says in Mark 4, 17, it says this. Now remember, we're talking about invited into the conflict, and we must learn to value what God has said. And the Bible is called a seed, the seed. You have a seed catalog laid on your lap or on your phone, wherever it's at. It's a seed catalog. If you're a gardener or ever planted a flower or a seed, you went to the seed store, you had a little package that had a picture of what was in that package. If you planted it, here's what's going to happen if you do. Here's what it looks like. In the natural, that's not all the other truth because I... I got some seeds one time. I ordered watermelons and it came out cantaloupes. <laughs> I didn't know any better, so I, anyway. But the Word of God is a seed catalog that paints a picture that if you plant this seed, here's what you're going to get. And it says, and in Mark chapter 4, it's talking about the source of the Word. It says, and have no root in themselves, so endure for a time. Afterwards, when affliction and persecution arises, what does it arise for? The word's sake. Immediately they are offended. So if we're going to enter in and invited into this conflict, we have to understand that he's after the seed, the word of God. 
that you had the revelation when your eyes was enlightened, the revelation that you had, he's trying to get you not to look at that. Amen. And so it, it, it comes for the word's sake. Satan desires to steal the word that is spoken over our lives. How many of you have ever had a, I mean, a, there's tough, there's prophets and prophecies and then there is pathetic stuff. How many of you ever had a word that you knew was a word from God spoken to you through you by somebody else or God just used Sunday reading you had a word? Paul told Timothy, he said that the word spoken over you is like arrows in your arsenal of defense. What does that mean? How many of you have words spoken over you that has not happened yet? Okay, here's what it says. He says to Timothy, that by these prophecies that's gone forth over you, Timothy, you might wage a good warfare. Hmm. Ooh, what does that mean? I know I've heard from God. I know I had a word from God. I know whoever prophesied you sent in your office had a word from God. Now you've got an arrow in your arsenal of defense. Hey, I'll tell you what, the enemy comes to try to steal that word. But God said, boom, take that. How about that? It's not over. It's not over yet. If you haven't seen the manifestation of it, you ought to start rejoicing. Man, it's on its way. Because if God said it, he will perform it. He will do it. Woo! The power is in the seed. It's not in the ground. The ground is necessary, but the power is in the seed. Now, you've got to get the seed in the ground. Interesting thing, uh, most, most of you are more intelligent than I am, uh, two or three, anyway. Uh, no, uh, scientifically, scientific results will tell you anything you put in the ground, the ground will try to grow it. We think that putting a steel post in the ground and you get it 10 years later, well, it's just rusty. No, the ground's trying to grow it. Hmm. Anything, it, 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 it's the chemical, uh, whatever it is, that begins to work. It says they want, then they want more steel posts. And I don't know why I can't grow one of those, you know, and, and so I just have to eat it. Eat it away. What seed you put in the ground the ground will respond to that seed. Be it a good seed or a bad seed, mm -hmm. the ground, the heart, Bible calls the heart the ground, the ground will go to work to produce what seed you put in it. Man. Ooh. Man. Man. Wow. So the power is in the seed. Mark chapter 4, verse 15, it says, wow. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they they have heard, Satan comes someday. Immediately. Immediately. One of these days, Satan's going to come. Is that what it says? No. It says Satan comes immediately and take up away the word which was sown in their heart. Here's the deal. You get revelation. Your eyes and your understanding is enlightened. You come out of a Holy Ghost meeting. You're so drunk in the spirit you can't hardly walk out the door. You're, you're just floating on cloud nine. You run three laps around on the inside of the building. And, and uh, 
you can't wait to just get out and jerk the devil's head off, you know, and just punish him real good. You go out the door, get in the car, and Satan comes immediately. Yeah. Somebody did something, flipped you off, honked their horn at the wrong time, got in your way, or you sitting by your wife, and your wife says something, and you, the husband, you'll say, what'd you mean by that? Mm. Well, I just meant what I said, then here you go, you know. Start by, you just come out of the Holy Ghost meeting, you just come out of Revelation, you just come out of the glory cloud, and you're sitting in the car, and all of a sudden, man, and then your wife will look at you and say, I thought you was a man of God. Mm. Mm. I never will forget one of the most I, I, I may have told you this but I, I'll tell it real quick just real quick real quick I had come out of a Holy Ghost meeting and preached the meeting and I mean the glory of God was there people were just all over the place and we left to go eat and this guy came and uh, I, I turned and I turned on and I like I don't know what I did but anyway it kicked him off and he got up beside me and he was giving me, I, he may have been deaf and dumb, but he was giving me all kinds of signs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, God bless you, brother. <laughs> but something got a hold of me. And I looked at him and I said, You talking to me? <laughs> and all of a sudden, Satan come immediately. I said, You want to go to the parking lot over here? We'll get this worked out. <laughs> I'm a preacher. My church is over 200 in attendance. I got a good, good congregation, just everything going well. And and he said, yeah, over there. <laughs> so I pulled over the parking lot and had my coat and tie still on. <laughs> I went from the door handle and my wife said, what in God's name is <laughs> <you?" laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
So the word of God has to be planted in the heart and then a revelation and we treasure it. Folks, listen. There is so much treasure coming out from behind this pulpit. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about when Pastor Roddy is here. I mean, my God, if you don't have to get revelation, something. If you don't get on fire, your wood's wet. That's all I can say. Amen. But I'm saying you ought to embrace. I'm going to put my arms around that. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to be involved in that. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to work that thing now because I know behind it there's a recompense of reward. Any seed left unprotected will be available to take it by the we get a word from God and we say, I'll take care of it later. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Mm -hmm. I will someday. One of these days I'm going to get around to it. I'm telling you, that seed laying by the wayside and the enemy can come and steal it. Then now what happens is he comes and plants weeds beside your good seeds. Plants weeds beside your good seeds. And because you've left it unprotected. And we know what Mark chapter 4 says. That the weeds or the thorns grow up and choke the word and cause it to be unproductive. Sometimes you've got to speak to yourself, talk to yourself, say, no, my my mind, no, I'm not thinking that way. I'm not allowing that emotion to run my life. I'm not allowing that thing to have control over me. I value too much the revelation that I have to give up on the recompense of the reward. I've come too far to look back. I've been in this journey long enough. I'm not going to waste my time fiddling around with you, trying to mess with my head, mess with everything I have accomplished in, in the spiritual realm. Amen. You don't have to turn to Genesis chapter 15, uh, verse 11. Uh, God promised Abraham a son, and he said, Lord, how shall I know these things will be? And so he wanted to hear from God, and so he made a sacrifice. says that he, he, he made a sacrifice, didn't divide the birds up, made a sacrifice. Now, back in the day when you made a sacrifice, the birds and the fowls would come to clean up. And so if you didn't protect the sacrifice, the birds would have a portion of it. Abraham was determined the birds is getting none of this. Hmm. The Bible says Abraham stood guard and drove away the birds, watch this, from the carcass. My mind would, why would you, you know, it's just the carcass there, let the birds have a taste. You know, go ahead, you know, the carcass is there. Abraham had an all or nothing attitude. You're not, there, if you may have a promise that it looks like there's nothing left but a skeleton. You guard over that promise, it may look like it's really, don't allow the birds and the fray and the fowls of the air to come and steal one little bite of it because that old carcass is about to come alive. Amen. God's word is all power. Let's say it. All power. power. The devil's words has zero power. The devil's words have no power except what I give it. Mm. Mm. 
material. If you don't, if you don't get busy pulling down wicked imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, then you will be giving the enemy power. He says, pull down those thoughts. Mm. I'm telling you, that's a challenge. Amen. To bring into captivity every thought. Let's say it together, every thought. Every thought. So bring it to the obedience of Christ. So you take a thought, you bring it to the cross, lay it down, and say, God, what do you think about that? God will give you his word, what he thinks about it. When he does, you just have to pull that thought. I start kill that thought, pull it down, and do not take another thought about it. And say, yeah, but the devil said, you know, I've been concerned the devil's been talking to me about this. Are you that dumb? Mm. Are you that dumb? When you believe a liar, he's the father of lies. When you believe a liar, you empower the liar. Yeah. yeah. That's right. People sometimes brag about the devil talking to them. Oh, the devil's just been putting these thoughts in my head. Oh, really? Why are you allowing it? Why are you giving me power to do it? Because you're an overcomer. He can't do that to a believer. He can't do that to somebody who knows their blood washed, Holy Ghost filled, and got their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life and know who they are in Christ Jesus. He cannot do it. Oh, you've got a, really one of those powerful words, really. I got revelation of this. I'll share you my revelation. The most powerful word you can say, Lord God, say it to the end of no. Yeah. I don't need to quote you three chapters and have it all memorized. No. No, I think no. No, well, I just had this. No, you're not doing that. No, you know, they, they look to be funny. No, well, I don't care. You know, they look funny anyway. You know. <laughs> Woo. Mm. So when you give the devil an opportunity, he doesn't have any power until I give it to him. When you give it to him, then he will climb on it and bring it back, try to make it bigger than what it is. The moment I embrace or consider or meditate on the enemy's seed, then that moment I have gave Satan my authority. Now we're talking about invited into a conflict. But invite, being invited into this conflict is a good thing. Don't look at it like, ah, well, I don't know whether I want to do that. Well, let me ask you this question. What's your options? Yeah. Okay, the Bible says in John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Say it out loud with me. Steal, steal kill, kill, and destroy. destroy. How many of you want to hook up with that? So I think that's a pretty good deal. I think I might just follow that guy around. He steals, kills, and destroys. That just, you know, my future is really looking bright. And it says, but Jesus said, I come that you might have life, not just, but have life and have it more abundantly, but the Zoe kind of life is the life as God has. He says, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Life is more than just living, breathing and living and going to work and coming home and then dying. That's right. If you want to make a mark that cannot ever be erased, make your mark in heaven. Make your mark. The only thing you're going to take with you is people. That's why the Bible says the harvest is white. It's laborers. We don't know. Man, I tell you what, this is good news, folks. The world needs to 
Yes. Needs to hear this. Powerful. Yes. So when you give attention to Satan, Eve did that in the garden when she got to messing around with the tree, looking at it, bowling by it, that God said, Don't do it. Don't do it, Eve. Uh, don't you ever have it, one? And she found herself over there, and, and the devil came and said, Hath God said? Did God really mean that? Look, he knows the moment you take a bite of that, you're going, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like he is. And it, it, you know, he, he's just jealous. He doesn't want you to do that. Here's the key that God, that the enemy always approaches you with is this. Hath God said? Now, when you know God has said, you need to flex your muscles. And when the enemy comes and tries to tempt you and tell you, well, this will be all right. Don't worry about it. You know, they're, they're, you're after all your under grace and it's all okay. And don't worry about it. But the moment you start the compromise thing on half God said, it will lead you to a place that Adam and Eve was led to out of the garden. Now, we're in the garden of Eden state because of Jesus. I get that. But you, you're not going to enjoy the garden of Eden blessings by listening to the enemy always going around with you saying, now hath God said. Amen, that's right. Hath God said. So, in uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 21 in the Amplified Classic, y'all all right? Yes. Praise God. Is this, is this all right tonight? Did you get anything out of this? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I had a, a gangster that I led to the Lord. He was in the hospital with nobody to go talk to him. They asked me if I'd go. They said he cusses everybody out and goes in. So I said, yeah, I'd go. I went and led him to the Lord. He wanted to know where my church was. And I thought, yeah, I'd go and leave him. I thought, yeah. He said, I've been back in the hospital. I'm coming. I thought, yeah, right. I've been told that so many times. You know, it's either jailhouse religion or hospital dying religion or something. You know, God saved me. Now I don't want to do what I want to do. But on Sunday night, in the door walked this gangster, still had his bracelet, the hospital bracelet on, had a cowboy hat on. Come and sat down on the front row. I didn't ask him to take his hat off either. <laughs> Come down and sit on the front row. I preached on the Holy Ghost that night. And I said, Where'd you get anything out of that? He just thought about it. I said, No, not really. He said, I really didn't get anything out of that at all. He said, I didn't understand this Holy Ghost point. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. In uh, Matthew 13, 21, it says, Yet it has no real root in him, but is temporary, inconsistent, lasts but a little while. It's talking about the seed, talking about different kinds of seeds in Matthew 13, just like Mark chapter 4. But in the, in the Amplified Classic, it says, It's a temporary, it's inconsistent, lasts but for a little while. And when affliction or trouble, now we're talking about being invited into conflict. When affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once he is caused to stumble, he is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey, and he falls away. Why do people fall away? It's because they have been invited, in, been invited into a conflict and they have not embraced they have not embraced or valued the word of God and to be the whole truth, the absolute truth, and nothing but the truth. Affliction and persecution does not alter the Bible. Right. 
right. Well, I got sick and I thought I was healed. You are healed. Quit it. Stop that. In Jesus' name. Don't be a whiny baby. Yeah, blow your nose, take an aspirin, do whatever you got to do, but I'm healed of the Lord. I mean, Jesus' name. I am the healer of the Lord. Right. Amen. No weapon that's formed against me can prosper. Right. None. 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 Absolutely none. You ought, you ought to get the attitude. You mess with me. You're messing with the whole family. Yeah. I mean, I, don't mess with me. I'll call some angels down and take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> and so it says, uh, trouble and persecution arise for the word's sake. The enemy continually tries to undermine the word of God. He does it by getting us to question what God says. You know, the Bible is so simple, we have to have help to misunderstand it. And down through the years, we've had a lot of help. We've had a lot of help. We, we, we used to believe years ago, I, I mean, you get caught up in, in complacency or whatever, and, and the idea <coughs> that God heals if he wants to. God supply your needs, you never know what God's going to do. You just don't know. Oh, I tell you what, can I confess something to you? I overcome the temptation. I was so tempted to go buy a Powerball. I was thinking, what is it, $600 million? Man, if you had 600 million, listen, you have to heal you. <laughs> you think, you say, money don't heal you. You get six, six, six million dollars and see if you don't feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all about that running nose and all about that whatever it was, you know, God just played with you. I didn't do it. I didn't. I did though. I thought, wow. My last name, Lucky, man, I ought to go get one. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a promise, you have a conflict, you have to decide which one you're going to give your heart to. Amen. Because the heart's around. Which one are you going to give your heart to? Amen. When persecution, temptation, different things come, which one are you going to give your heart to? I don't know whether. No, I won't so I'll be. Yeah, no. Okay, I'll move on. <laughs> then, 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 when it doesn't happen like immediately like you think it should, then you say it must not have been God's will. If it was God's will when it started, it's God's will today. Yes. If it's God's will when He spoke it to you, it's still God's will. He hasn't changed. 1 Peter 4 12. 1 Peter 4 12. Did you like those tacos tonight? <laughs> Did y'all eat them all? There's some still back there. Now I'll be first after this. 1 <laughs> Peter 4 12. In the Amplified Bible, it says Amplified, not classic, just the regular Amplified. Beloved, do not be surprised. As a fiery ordeal, which has taken place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith. As though something strange or unusual was happening to you. Don't think it's strange when the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. That's why Mary.
treasured the revelation and pondered it. Simeon came by and prophesied, you treasure it. And the reason you need to treasure it, your soul is going to be pierced. In other words, you have to know why Jesus came. You have to know the purpose of why he came. You have to know that he's going to die. You have to know that even though he's going to die, he's going to live again. And because he lives, many people will live again and enjoy and experience new life in Jesus. Amen. She treasured it. Whoa, treasured that revelation. Let's just look real quick at James chapter 1 in King James Bible, verse 2 through 4. My brethren, man, I have watched this. You guys are good about this. Good. I've watched people in this church jump up and run around the church. And I knew some things they were going through. And this verse came to my mind. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall. I can just stop right there. Fall into divers temptations. In other words, you fell in, you were, you fell into the temptation. He said, hey, count it all joy. Why? Knowing this, the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. Amen. That's a good place to be, wanting nothing. He said, count it all joy. I was at a friend of mine's church, a rather large church, about 4,000, and uh, I was sitting forth the back, and there was praise and worship. It was going real powerful and strong, and I seen this girl about four seats up. Please don't laugh at me, okay? She just went like this, jumped out in the aisle, and just started to go like this. I mean, I can't do it like she did. She really <laughs> <laughs> and she do a couple of moves, you know. And I thought, I said to myself, I said, that's somebody I'll set her down. That's ridiculous. Ain't nobody doing none of that. But boy, I'm telling you just like that. The Holy Ghost spoke to me almost in a mouthful of voice. He said, son, you need to shut up. He said, you don't know what I just delivered her from. Amen. She had her breakfast right there. And he said, she is rejoicing over that. I want to jump out now. I'm going to start going. <laughs> Those good ones, the ones that won. Mm. 
the ones we've won. He said, if you fight a good fight, you're going to come out on the other side of the it is a good fight and you have a recompense of rewards. We're just saying, Woo! Come on, somebody shout. Yeah, yeah. God. spectator on the sidelines, count me in. The revelation that God has given me, the promises that God has given me, I still shout over them even though I've not held them in my head. Even though I've not seen them, I still rejoice over them because I know it's just a matter of time. Amen. Amen. A matter of time. Praise God. Hold out your hands for just a minute and give God praise. Go ahead and play some something, some music. Devil went down to Georgia or something. <laughs> well, the last time I said play, I was going home and I went down to somebody they started playing. Oh, thank you, Lord. The victory's sweet. Church, the victory is sweet. Then you're sitting in a building that testifies of victory. Yeah. I mean, we could back back over and over and over Yeah. yeah. 